Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals bringing patients relief at last. Spinal stimulation is an implantable device consisting of two tiny wires connected to a battery that are placed alongside the spine. These wires emit a tiny electronic signal that blocks the pain signal that travels on nerves. Advanced Pain Care, 512-244-4272 or online, austinpaindoctor.com. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thank you for joining us. It's 4.03. Jack is here producing. We have audio of Senator Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, the majority leader for the full U.S. Senate. He is outlining the reasons that he believes senators should vote in favor of the package unveiled last night. It includes money for Ukraine, Israel, assistance for Gaza, humanitarian aid there, and money for the U.S. border. Here's that audio again, and then we'll work in your thoughts, your reactions at 512-836-0590. We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial, and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war and we could be fighting in Eastern Europe and a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. And the border, everyone has said it's chaos. A speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson, he said it's Mm -hmm. chaos, we have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened, in answer to your question, so this is crucial for America, it's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion? No, you didn't. (laughs) Not when it comes to the border. How do those thoughts strike you? Do you think they'll be persuasive in the Senate on Wednesday so that this package is able to reach the 60 votes, uh, 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 yes votes needed to move forward? 512-836-0590. James, hello. You're on KLBJ. Good afternoon. Hello, y'all. How you doing? Fine, James. Welcome. Thank you. I just, it, it seems like there's three major, maybe four major things countries lack. And one, you're dealing with a party. Now I'm generalizing. I know there's people in the Republican Party, too, that aren't, aren't above board honest when dealing with people. But you're dealing with Democrats that, are, that have no moral and ethical guidelines, basically. They'll do whatever it takes. But I think, you know, we need to lock that border, throw out people that don't belong here, try to get our national debt in check, because it is scary. Billion dollars a second in interest. And then why do we always feel like we got to solve everybody else's problems around the world when we have so many right here in the United States? Do do a lot of your friends or coworkers have these same kind of sen- sentiments, James, when you talk about some of these issues? Yes, sir. I mean, I, it wasn't when I lived in Oregon, but here in Texas, that's one of the reasons I moved here. More God and country people here, which I love. But in Oregon, no, it was more liberal, very, you know, progressive and that type of thing. But it's it's just really sad to me that we can't take care of our own right here in our own borders. You know, we have so many people hurting every day with 
the mental health and the fentanyl and you just name it, right? Homelessness, um, misdirected youths, you know, it's, it's sad. What, really what, what do you think, James, of Schumer's point that our own sons and daughters could be in Europe fighting the Russians in a few years if Russia defeats Ukraine? See, I don't think that'll even be. I think at this point, we're mainly, we don't do much boot war anymore. The big one was Afghanistan. I think it's going to come down to push buttons. And I think our Star Wars system and the advancement of that, we're going to knock anything off that even tries to get into our into our North American border. So, I don't know. I hope it never gets to something like that, fight somebody else's war. Kind of like Vietnam, right? We knew nothing about them, but we went over and, 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 and helped the South Vietnamese. But, it's, you know, it's scary times. I get it. But I also agree with your previous caller. We are still the military powerhouse, any way you look at it. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's sad. It's just sad that we can't just take care of our own better. James, thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. We appreciate it. Were you going to make a point there, Melinda? Well, a couple of things. He's absolutely right. Uh, The America First movement has been made fun of by uh, a lot on the Democrat progressive side, which is just nuts to me because we should always be about the American people first. Anything we have left over Yes, of course, we can help out. This notion that um, we're at a turning point in America where we could lose this war, or that we're going to be sending over our, our men and women to go fight a war, I think to me is just what they intend it to be. Let's have a scare tactic here. Nobody wants to lose our men and women to a war, especially a war that really isn't about us um and and i think that that's what a lot of people are seeing in ukraine now as far as this bill i just wanted to add real quick some of the the newest things that i'm seeing in politico is reporting that of course senate minority leader mitch mcconnell rah rah yay yay mm-hmm. look what we've done this is fantastic so yes. he of course is backing this going forward now you've had senator graham come out and say Okay, we can bring this to the floor, but you better give us some time to make some amendments. He did not uh, go into detail what kind of amendments he would want to have done to the border portion of this bill. But he's saying if you don't allow for any amendments, you can consider it dead in the Senate as well. Mm. Well, and the... uh they need to get nine Republicans to vote with all of the Democrats Wednesday to break the filibuster. That would get them to the 60 votes they need. Uh, Off the top of your head, you know McConnell is a yes. Mm -hmm. Lankford is a yes. Thune is a yes. Romney's a yes. There are probably some others that are quick yeses on this thing. Cinema would be, I I know she's not considered a Republican. She's kind of in a, I don't know, kind of category. She says she's now an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. Okay, so, so she wouldn't she wouldn't be yeah. one of the nine then. No. Um I don't know if if they we're, we're not hearing a lot, which hopefully means they're reading every single word mm-hmm. uh, to decide whether or not they want to vote for this, but I'm not sure that they can get nine and do do they blame that on the Republicans? Do they get what they wanted out of this if it fails? Which is see 
told you Republicans don't want a secure border, even though nothing in this secures the border. They'll def- the Democrats will definitely use that in their messaging right up until Election Day. Jack is with us at 410. It's Mark and Melinda. Good afternoon, Jack. How are you this afternoon? Pretty good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, there's so much to be said about this, and I'm going to see if I can just pull back the curtain a little bit on this funding to uh, foreign nations, the rest of that. That's all what what is tied aid, and it's tied to uh, <clears throat> spending with to certain contracted uh, corporations, and a lot of these legislators are vested in the stock in the companies that have to to receive these funds for these foreign countries. Is that did I explain it clearly? Yeah, uh, th- this is money that would go to a lot of U.S. weapons manufacturers, among other things. Yes, uh, and that's why uh, you hear McConnell and the proponents saying this is also good for our economy because it helps these weapons manufacturers. Well, it helps the legislators because if there are places which I go to and I can discover who profits in our legislative branches, who profits the most from these wars because they invest in these corporations and they profit greatly from uh, the way they vote. Yes, uh, Jack, uh, good point there, sir. Thank you. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. We want you to join us with your thoughts, calls, and texts. It's 412 with Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Let's go to Bob at 415 on KLBJ. Welcome, Bob. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. I have a couple of comments uh, regarding Ukraine funding, so-called. The European nation should be taking the lead in funding and supporting Ukraine if that's their desire, because, you know, NATO was created to protect Europe against the invasion of Russia. We're $34 trillion in debt, and we're running, adding a trillion dollars to the debt currently about every four months now. So we're not in a position financially to do it, and also taking into consideration the border issue we have on the southern border, which is a, uh, a higher priority. And to piggyback on your previous caller you know yeah i'm sure the defense contractors ammunition suppliers are pressuring the uh the senators for you know uh to approve the aid to ukraine because obviously obviously that benefits them but the reason the senators i believe are willing to accommodate these defense contractors is because once they get the money from the legislation, they give kickbacks to the senators in the forms of campaign contributions, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, the the European Union now says it's just about ready to approve a $54 billion package. They've been delaying agreeing to more money for Ukraine. I would imagine uh, behind the scenes the U.S. has been saying, hey, it's pretty hard for us to sell our voters on $60 billion and you all are dragging your feet and not coming forward with anything. Well, were they waiting to see if we would come through and then they wouldn't have to? (laughs) Could be the case. 
Uh, Bob, well, I think that's good, and I think that's exactly how it should happen, that they should take the primary primary responsibility for funding. Bob, thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. 512-836-0590. Have you seen this report that a Tesla owner was pulled over by police Friday for driving down the highway wearing the new Apple Vision computer headset? Uh, this guy shot video of what he was doing and put it up on X. And in the video, Melinda, you can see him getting pulled over by a police officer. I, I hope that they took his license never to give it back to him and he can just drive virtually from here on out with his little goggles on. <laughs> we have lost our brains. How how in anyone's world did did he think that this would be an okay thing or safe thing to do, not only for himself, but anybody else that was out there on the street. Yeah, both hands were completely off the steering wheel, and it looked like his hands were kind of moving around in in thin air in front of his face. So Uh, was he watching something that was simulating driving, and he just took it into his vehicle as if he were really doing it? Well, uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, had one of their reporters wear one of these $3,500 Vision Pro headsets for 24 straight hours. And I read her review over the weekend, and she said, if you want to move an app or open an app, you just reach out with your hand. it's, It's like it's floating in front of your eyes, and you just reach out with your fingers, and you can pinch it and move it around or open it. And so that's what it looked like he was doing to me. He was changing an app while he was driving. Yes. Again, you revoke that license. You can only drive in your virtual reality (laughs) world. You're not allowed on any of the streets anymore. Unfortunately, this story does not contain the rest of the story. We don't know what happened after the police officer pulled this guy over. What, What do you even say to that? Sir, you really shouldn't be doing that. I, that's just common sense. And in fact, Apple even put it in their their book that you get with the glasses. You cannot drive yes. or operate any kind of machinery or anything. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm almost at the point that we just need to lock up people for stupid things. If you do something stupid, that means you're going to have to spend some time behind jail. And this is one of those. <laughs> How long would you recommend? <laughs> well, considering he probably wouldn't last that long, I would say a week. A week for being stupid. All right, you can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. The Wall Street Journal has a report today that says researchers at the University of California in San Diego have had people get into uh, driving simulators They've had uh, some of them smoke marijuana and then get in driving simulators. They've had others ingest cannabis edibles, think gummies loaded with cannabis, and then a placebo group. And they've tried to determine how they did in those simulators. And then beyond that, they started asking them an hour later, two hours later, et cetera. Do you feel as though the effects are declining Do you feel like you can drive for real now? And their conclusion is people are badly misjudging their ability 
to drive on their own after they've been smoking marijuana or they've ingested these cannabis edibles. And they're now saying you need to wait at least six to eight hours after you ingest these cannabis edibles before you even think about driving. First, it seems odd to me that it has taken this much time for them to do some kind of testing like this and report on it. I mean, that should have been one of the first things that was done when when talk in different states came to starting to legalize this. Yes. Um, I did think, and I'm not sure that they should have put this in here, but the note about, well, if you use cannabis regularly, it doesn't have as much of an impact on you as someone <laughs> that uses it just occasionally. Uh, so your your tolerance is better. You're able to drive faster. That, to me, just encourages more use. <laughs> it might, yes. It very well might. Now, they also go on to point out that there still are really not uh, quality tests that everyone can agree on right now uh, that would say, look, this person is too impaired to drive after smoking marijuana or ingesting one of these edibles. And they say it could be years away before we have a device deployed widely in the field and legally permissible to use on drivers suspected of being impaired. I think that this probably is going to be very similar to alcohol in trying to figure out, and I don't know that you ever can, the amount that affects different weights. You know, in alcohol, they'll, they'll, they have that general chart about if you weigh this much, you usually can only handle this amount of liquor at this potency. I think they're going to have to come up with something like that for this, but I don't know how you go about it, especially if it's something that... With regular use, you build up more of a tolerance, so you're able to, to to handle things a little better than someone who just uses it occasionally. But I do think it's important as more and more states, and there, you know, there's always the talk of the federal government finally legalizing marijuana. I think it is a big concern when it comes to driving. What kind of impact does that have? Mm-hmm. It says blood tests, for example, are not a reliable indicator of driving impairment because frequent users of marijuana or cannabis can test positive days or even weeks after use, and they're probably not impaired at that point. Conversely, infrequent users may test below a legal limit, but they could still be impaired. And so the article says they're still looking for tests that police could use to see if someone is too messed up to drive after smoking marijuana or ingesting cannabis. So I guess the field sobriety test doesn't work on that like it does on seeing if you had been drinking. Uh, it would not be the one gold standard that all courts would agree would on. Say, yes, okay, as evidence. A- Researchers are looking at using breathalyzers, table-based cognitive tests, devices that examine pupil dilation, devices that measure electrical electrical activity in the brain, but they say those are all years away from being in the field and legally permissible. In the meantime, we have more than 24 states that have legalized the use of marijuana. And I'm kind of curious about the breathalyzer. I thought that you, that could sense alcohol on your breath. 
can can you smell cannabis on your breath? I know you can smell it when it's being smoked. I know that. But yeah. can you smell it on your breath? Well, uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but they're very leery of even trying to use that as, as a way to determine that someone has broken the law. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. We've got news headlines coming up next and much more to cover. We're live and local all the way to 6 o'clock. Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show, streaming live on the News Radio KLBJ app. Madison High School in Houston had a new policy effective today. No students would be allowed to use their cell phones at any point throughout the day. You have to go to the main office at the first of the day, turn in your phone, and then you can go back and get it after school in the main office. This was a little bit of a different twist on the cell phone ban. A lot of times we hear... Um, you just have to put them away or you get a little pouch to keep them in. Uh, this is actually taking the phone out of their possession for the entire school day and not returning it to the end. So, yeah, no wonder it was met with a lot of criticism from the kids who yes. actually staged a walkout once they heard about this policy. They're claiming their safety is at risk because of this. Um Congratulations, Madison High School. I think that this is what you have to do. They said the reason they started it now was because they were seeing some serious beatdowns that were going on in the schools. And, of course, everyone had their phone out Mm -hmm. to film exactly what was happening. And they think that if they don't have the phones to film, perhaps it stops the fighting. Yeah, the principal is the one who uh, made the announcement late last week. It's uh, something worth trying. He said that it's completely out of control in terms of the fights that are going on at Madison High School, triggered in many cases by something on a cell phone or something that someone said. Uh, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. Is this workable? Will it last? Will Madison High School stick to it? Is this something that Austin area high schools should implement and try? Oh, my, did did you see how they were going to do that? Because unless they're going to pat down and look through bags, how do they know that they've carried a cell phone? If it's because it, I mean, any smart kid goes, okay, I just don't have it in my hand when I walk in, then I don't have to turn it over. I I get the impression uh, based on one article I read over the weekend that the entire staff will be on the lookout for phones. If they see a student, they'll go right to them and deal with them, send them to the office, something like that. Yes. Uh, Of course, they're going to miss some with that kind of a system. Mm -hmm. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts, call or text us. Also in the news today, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Dartmouth College of the Ivy League is going back to requiring SAT or ACT scores They'll start doing that beginning with next year's class of applicants. They are the first Ivy League school to reverse course on what happened during the pandemic when they said, well, it's optional. We no longer will require your SAT or ACT scores. And some of the reasons they're citing are very interesting, Melinda. Well, 
Yeah, they said that the research shows that what they're doing on the standardized test helps predict their success in their first year of college instead of basing it on their high school grades. Apparently, they're seeing kids that maybe did well in high school, but when they get to the level of university, they're not performing well. They're not having the success that one would think. And they're saying, but those that performed well on this test actually do go on to get to have success in their first year. Yes. Uh, one official at Dartmouth noted that uh, some students were showing a 4.0 on their GPA on their high school transcripts. Well, but they couldn't cut it at Dartmouth. And, and they made sure to point out something that we've talked about on this show, and that's that great inflation. Mm-hmm. You've got more and more professors calling it out on the university level, but it's obviously happening in high schools as well. If they're, you know, oh, I have a 4.0, and then they can't even take the, the freshman courses. So what have you done for a student if they are accepted to an Ivy League school, but they're not academically prepared for the rigor of that Ivy League school, and they drop out. If you ask me, you have set them up for failure. Uh, And and it goes beyond just not being able to cut it at at an Ivy League school. They then go on to question themselves. What are their abilities? And that can just be a big snowball effect. We're not doing any favors to anyone when we've decided that we're going to take this approach of everybody wins, everybody graduates, everybody gets A's, uh, nobody fails. Mm -hmm. Because when they meet the real world and they do have a failure, they don't know how to handle it. Yes. Uh, The economist Thomas Sowell, the great economist from Stanford University, years ago was pointing out that schools are doing a tremendous disservice to students who they're admitting without being able to meet the academic rigors of these schools. His argument was those students are much better off at a less rigorous academy or college or university where they're able to go on and earn a degree. There's no point in bringing them in somewhere where they drop out after a year and you shatter their confidence. They may never re-enter another college. I don't see any benefit of doing anything that is outside their reality. Yes, I think you can push them hard and say you can do anything you put your mind and your will to, but it takes you being a participant in it. It doesn't just come to you. And unfortunately, when you're just passing them along, you're setting them up for a reality that doesn't exist, that it just doesn't poof come to you there are a few in this world that it does Mm -hmm. yay for them but for the majority of us you have to put in some effort and when they don't ever push up against any obstacle and it's just been given that's how they expect the rest of their life to go and then the second that it doesn't they break here are the numbers 512-836-0590 you can weigh in with your thoughts call or text us When President Biden was sworn into office, he said he was bringing decency back to the White House and the presidency. That was one of the things he said he was bringing back. Politico, over the last couple of days, has been reporting on its sources in the Biden White House, saying that 
President Biden has gone on vulgar rants about former President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, really foul-mouthed, mm-hmm. vile language directed at both of them. And uh, in one, in, in fact, in the latest one that was out by Politico over the weekend, uh, he was dropping F-bombs about the Israeli Prime Minister, saying he's he's a really blanking, you-know-what guy, and he's trying to drag the United States deeper into a war in the Middle East, and he's hurting Biden's poll ratings among Biden's supporters. And there you go. There, there's the crust of it. It, 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 that. That is all of it. He's hurting political maneuvering with the Biden administration. Um, a couple of things here. One, I think it could be contributed to just that old age kind of thing. But Biden has always come across to me as someone who wants to be a pleaser. Let me tell you what I think is going to get you to like me. That's why he makes up all the stories mm-hmm. that he makes up. It is about being liked, being considered, you know, just everyday Joe. And I think this is part of that. These little tirades that he's having in front of his aides and his friends, I think is also, hey, look at me. I'm a tough guy. Look at my tough talking kind of thing coming out. He's not well. He's not well. Well, and these leaks in Washington are always done on purpose. There, there is a goal behind these leaks, particularly when they're done anonymously. In this case, I think when it comes to the leak that Biden thinks that Netanyahu is a blanking blank guy. Election, election, election. Michigan, yes. Biden keeps seeing these polls out of Michigan where he's losing support and he knows he's in big trouble in a must-win state. So somehow he and his handlers think, let's leak this out and reassure people. I think Netanyahu's a really blankety-blank guy. I'm not all in on Israel. Again, this is, and I know it probably is coming from his campaign more than it is from Biden himself. It just demonstrates these politicians that think everyone else is just not as smart as them. They can't figure this out. All we have to do is say, oh, he's bad-mouthing him in private, so he must really be on our side. He really doesn't Mm -hmm. want this war. He must be pressured, so I'm going to vote for him now. We are not that clueless. No. No. You're right about that. The American people can see through uh, most of this stuff. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590-441. Now it's Mark and Melinda with you on News Radio KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Senator Chris Murphy is a Democrat of Connecticut. He was one of the Senate negotiators on the bill that was released last night. He did it with Kirsten Sinema and Langford, the Republican out of Oklahoma. Uh, Democrat Senator Murphy last night started tweeting, letting people know what he thinks are all of the positive points of this package. Let me just read a little bit of this first paragraph he tweeted out. It has a quicker fairer asylum process no more 10-year wait 
Claims are processed in a non-detained, non-adversarial way in six months. There's a slightly higher asylum screening standard at the border. Also, he says, no more waiting for work permits. Most asylum seekers can go to work immediately. Just stop right there. To me, I, I infer from that last line, most asylum workers can work immediately. They, they know that they're not going to eject or deport the vast majority of these people. They're going to put them to work immediately, and they're not going anywhere once they start working. No, they just have to pass that first little, um, I, don't, I don't even know if you want to call it an interview, that first little conference that they, they have with Border Patrol. And as soon as they do that, uh, they'll be handed a work permit to, to just go ahead. Um, Can I interject one thing absolutely. there? Absolutely. I think that point right there will increase the magnetic pull to bring people to the border, to cross illegally and claim asylum. The, the cartels are going to trumpet that. Most asylum seekers can work immediately. Come on, folks. Come one and all. Get across, and you can go to work immediately. Yeah. I, there's really nothing when it comes to the border that does anything security-wise. Um, I was reading Senator Ma- Mike Lee out of Utah released what he's calling his dirty dozen disasters in this, what he calls so-called border deal. Uh, And one of the things, and we talked earlier about um, this notion of shutting down the border. And by the way, Chris Murphy also tweeted out or X'd out that this doesn't close the border. So just keep that in mind. That was the Democrats interpretation of this, but it says that, Uh, Secretary Mayorkas would be the one to make that determination. Uh, Part of Mike Lee's Dirty Dozen about this says, however, at any time the president wants to reopen the border and he can say it is in the national interest to temporarily suspend the border emergency authority, he can. Mm -hmm. So basically... Even if you had a Mayorkas actually say we're going to close it, the president can just come back and say, no, we're not. Yes. And uh, it does allow for thousands of people to cross illegally every day. That is at the core of all of this. They put triggers in place when you get to the point where there are 4,000 crossing illegally per day in an average seven-day week. It they they want people to cross illegally they're not trying to shut this thing down well and that's the biggest issue with this when you're talking about border security it should be no one can get in illegally period i don't care who you are what you're doing or why if you cross illegally you're automatically deported. Here are our ports of entries. For those of you who think you have a valid reason to come into America, here's where you go. It is as simple as that. That would cut the cartel out of it. There Mm -hmm. would be no need for them to sell any kind of line or to cross anybody over illegally if that 
was simply the law, which I'm pretty sure it is the law right now. They're just finding ways to maneuver it a little bit by allowing for these illegal entries. Yeah, well, one of the key things is uh, Biden has approved of Mayorkas creating so-called parole status for multiple categories of people from multiple countries. Uh, The Immigration and Nationality Act, which is the current existing law governing all of this, says parole can only be used on a case-by-case basis and in very rare circumstances. Number one, a medical emergency. Number two, when it's for the overall good of this country, like we need to let somebody in to testify in a court case against a major cartel leader, something like that. But the Biden team and Mayorkas are now using the parole status to allow hundreds of thousands of people in on a regular basis. Why hasn't that been brought to the Supreme Court? I heard today, um, I'm not sure when he said it, but Biden saying the Supreme Court tried to block me, but they didn't stop me. We saw a lot of that with the uh, college payment process the loan forgiveness yes thank you um why isn't this why haven't republicans say they're they're letting people in and that's not what our law states that's not how it's set up but yet they are knowingly and advertising Here's how you get in illegally. Mm-hmm. And it's not the things that we've set up through Congress. How, how is this not, how has that not been filed? How hasn't he been brought up on that? Texas and other states have filed lawsuits on this exact point, And it's winding its way through the federal courts. Where are the Republicans in Congress? Where are the Democrats in Congress that say, you know, they're they're the first people to say, wait, you're supposed to go through us. We're the one that has the power to make Mm -hmm. the laws. Why aren't they saying you have to follow the laws we have in place? You didn't pass any of that through us. Well, there has been a small number of Republicans in the House who have for quite a while now been saying cut off all of the funding for DHS or the Border Patrol or whatever you want until they stop using these loopholes to get people into the country in huge numbers. But they have been few and far between. Chip Roy and some others have been out there for a long time saying, look, we, we have to take a stand now and not back down. This, the funding is the only power we have over Biden and the executive branch. Cut it off. They need to be more vocal, and there needs to be Everyone should sign on on that. What's the point of having, again, I don't know what the point of having them is, but what's the point of having Congress if they're not even going to stand by the laws that they created? 512-836-0590. You can join the conversation. This is Tracy with Mark and Melinda. Hey, Tracy, welcome. How are you? Good afternoon, y'all. I'm great. I hope y'all are the same. Yes, ma'am. Good. Okay, so did you know, did anybody do the math? They're going to allow 1.825 illegals every year legally. That's what that 5,000 a day is. Yes, it is an enormous number, Tracy. You're right about that. Huge. So it's legally illegal, and then they're going to just rubber stamp it in six months. 
There you go. It's done. Non-controversial, non-adversarial. Is that the word you used? Good job. Yeah, that's that was from uh, Chris Murphy, the Democrat senator, who was yeah. one of the ones who drew drew this up. And don't forget about that point that he emphasized right off the bat. They get immediately legal permission to work here immediately. There you go. Come one, come all. They'll be lining up, and maybe they'll be hurting each other to be the five thousand in that day. I, I, it's it's a bad thing waiting to happen. Tracy, thank you. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Another part that he was putting out there as if this is great for America, first ever government paid for lawyers for these young, unaccompanied minors. Yeah, we're, we know we're already paying everything for them. I don't see that as being a first Taxpayer pay they they said government paid but we know who pays the government. Right. Taxpayer paid paid lawyers for those that have crossed illegally. It just make it make sense and it doesn't. It just doesn't. Except on a political level. That's that's meant to yeah. get a yes vote from the hard left in Congress. 512-836-0590. Join the discussion with Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.